Good morning, Cedar Street. I have to say, it is a real delight for me to be here this morning. One, because I I love Bo. Uh, It is so easy to love him. And I got to work with him for two years, just hear about his heart for the Lord, you know. Uh, You guys know this, you're you're his, uh, he's your pastor, so you guys know his heart for the Lord, his heart for the church. And it's been cool, I kind of get to hear about you through him. Uh, I, I had never been to Metter, Georgia, and I had never met Cedar Street Baptist Church, but I sat on the other side of the wall, he talked about, and I got to hear of his heart for this church. And so I haven't met a lot of you guys, but I feel, I feel such affection for you, and I've prayed for you as he came and as he's been here, and uh, I, I honestly feel like it's just a real pleasure to be here and like we're here with a, an extended part of our family. Um, part of our part of our going overseas is that we have to say a lot of goodbyes, you know, say goodbyes to a lot of loved ones we won't see for years, or we won't see, we may not see this side of eternity. And so the Lord's given us a lot of real grace and promise to know that the body of Christ is our family. And so I feel like I'm here amongst family. And, and I hope you feel like I can be an extended part of your family and that we can look at the word together as, uh, as a family. And so with that spirit, I want to say happy Father's Day to everyone. Uh, I want to extend our greeting. Mary Jane and I, I might call her by a different name, just a, a warning. I might call her by her, uh, her real name, but just, just pass over it. Don't go, <gasps> or anything like that. It'll, it'll be okay. Um, we are going to the field, and we're so thankful for you guys sending us. Uh, every time you give to Cedar Street, Cedar Street sends money that supports us, that enables us to go. And every time you give to Lottie Moon, it enables us to go. And so we want to say thank you so deeply for, for you giving to the cooperative program, for you giving to Lottie Moon. It enables us to go. Thank you for sending us. We want, we want to go. Uh, and I'd like to share a story with you uh, about why we, we want to go. We were, a couple years ago, we were praying about, do we do this crazy thing of moving our lives overseas, learning another language, selling all of our stuff? We were praying about, is that something that God wants us to do? So we went to Tokyo, and we joined with an IMB team there that was already working for you guys in the city of Tokyo. And we were going to go work with some college students. So we took them to, uh, to Tokyo Tower. It's this, uh, this thousand-foot-tall tower that stretches over Tokyo. And we went up in this long elevator ride with a group of college students. Like, we're sharing the gospel with them as we go. And we, we walk out to all these bay windows around, and you see Tokyo kind of spread out before you. And I have never felt such a gut-wrenching moment in my entire life. Just, uh, just think about 48 million people in one city. I'm from South Carolina. South Carolina has 5 million people in the entire state. That one city in East Asia has 48 million people. And by our estimates, less than 1% has had access to Jesus Christ. Less than 1% knows them. Less than 1% has ever met someone. It, 
if we, if we have 100 people in this room, if we have 200 people in this room, that means just one or two of us would have been a Christian if we were just kind of a, a sample from Tokyo. So when we, when we saw that, it just, it just gripped me. And I thought back, how did I get here? I took a comfortable plane ride, you know? I put my feet up on the plane, watched some movies. They brought me coffee, brought me a couple meals. And it was really comfortable for me to get there. And so if I believed two things, if I believed that God has given us the most important message that's ever been heard, and if I believed that people needed to hear it, then, then Mary Jane and I thought that we needed to go. And so we thank you guys so much for sending us, because it's what the Lord's put on our hearts. And so I, I pray that you guys feel encouraged to send us out, and know that that's what, that's what you're supporting. So uh, I pray that we would, uh, I, was, I was hoping that you guys would join me in prayer right now. I want us to pray for the lost. I want us to pray for the lost in Metter and in Georgia and in the United States. And then for the 2.8 billion people around the world that don't have access to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. So if you'll join me in prayer right now, I, I want us to pray for those lost people. Father, uh, you are so good to us. We sang about it, Father. You are so good to us. We have a church. Someone came and told us about Jesus, and uh, Cedar Street was, was formed uh, from believers, and we get to gather here each week, and we are so thankful. We are thankful for you saving us from our sins, and we pray, Lord, now that you would, you would send out people uh, in, in Metter, in Georgia, in the United States, all around the world, to go out and, and find people who don't know about you and to share that message so that they would be able to experience the goodness uh, of Christ, the goodness of the church. Uh, Father, we, we pray for them. Uh, we pray for them as they are, as they suffer as they go, we pray that you would strengthen them. We pray that as they're lonely, that you would encourage them. I pray that uh, you would raise up men and women to go out throughout this county, throughout this country, and all around the world, Father. Uh, we pray that the lost would be saved. Lord, that lost sheep would come home. Uh, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So please turn with me to Colossians 1. Uh, we're going to look at Colossians 1, 9. And as you're turning there, we can look and, and talk a little bit about what Paul is doing. So uh, this is a really cool passage. I, I really enjoy this passage. Paul, he has heard of the faith of the, of the church at Colossae. He's heard of how they've received Christ and how they're walking and following him. And so he writes this prayer that we're going to read. He writes this prayer to them. And it's to strengthen them and to encourage them to continue to walk and follow after God. And so it's a, it's a cool picture for us. Uh, I, I want us to, to look at this prayer and see, see how uh, God may be speaking to us. If you're taking notes this morning, the, the, the main idea of the message here is we should live out our identity in Christ, praying and striving for the life reflected in Paul's prayer. Again, that's, we should live out our identity in Christ, praying and striving for the life reflected in Paul's prayer. So let's read verses 9 and 10. 
of Colossians 1. For this reason also, since the day we heard of it, we have not ceased to pray for you and to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding so that you will walk in a manner worthy of the Lord to please him in all respects. We'll pause there for a second. This first, this first segment uh, of Paul's prayer, he's asking that the church would be filled to walk worthy. So he's, pr- he's praying that, that we, that the church of Colossae, that us would be filled so that they could walk worthy. And you see it here in verse 9. Since the day we heard of it, it being their faith, the faith that they have in Christ, we have not ceased to pray for you and to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will. So think about that for a second. He's praying that they would be filled. That they would be filled. It's not something that they did. It's something that they were asking God to do. It, it, it's a prayer, and that's why we pray, right? We pray because we believe that God is all-powerful, and he answers prayers, and he is good and faithful. And so we pray, and we ask for him to, to fill us, to fill us. So this comes from God. What Paul's asking for is coming from God. But what do we want to be filled with? With knowledge of his will, knowledge of God's will. So we're looking at an all-powerful God, a God that knows everything, and we're asking, God, fill us. Fill us with knowledge of your will. And what's that, what's that knowledge look like? Well, to do that, I feel like we, we look at Jesus' prayer, uh, the Lord's prayer, where he says, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. This is the kind of prayer that, we're, that, that Paul's praying, that we're, he's searching for God's will to be done. And God's will for all believers are two things, holiness and, and mission. So he wants us to be holy. He wants us to look like he does because he created the world, you know? He created the world, and he made it with a purpose, and he made it to fit so that if we show love to our brothers, like if I show love to my brother Bo, we get along a whole lot better. You know, if I, if I show love and, and graciousness to you guys, we have a good relationship. You know, if I'm mean, if I'm a, if I'm a jerk, it doesn't, it doesn't work so much. It doesn't work so well. So God is praying that we would be holy, that we would love, uh, that we would love others, that we would live rightly before him, and that we would go out and share that love with others. So God's will for all believers, holiness and missions. And so we are be filled to do what? So be filled to walk. And so what is, what is the walk? They use this word a lot in the Bible to describe everything that we do in life. So your walk is everything you say, everything you do, everything you think, the things that we just we just confess before the Lord that may not have fit what he commands us to do. That's what our walk is. So Paul's praying that the Colossians would be filled so that they could walk worthy of the Lord. And let that, 
let that word worthy of the Lord hit you for a second. To be worthy of the Lord, of, of Jesus, you know, and he was perfect. He, he was always doing what was right. He died for us, and I have to live a life worthy of him? That's terrifying to me. I, I, I don't know about you guys. That's absolutely terrifying to me. Uh, Paul writes elsewhere in Philippians 1.27 that we would live a life worthy of the gospel of Christ Jesus. That's a high life. That's a, that's a holy life. That's a good life. And so it's, it's, very, it's very good that we see that Paul had to pray for that kind of life because we have to pray for it. Or at least I know I do. So uh, we're to be filled, to walk worthy, and to see that Jesus sets the standard for our lives, that we're to walk in a manner worthy of Christ Jesus. You guys might have uh, heard something like this before. You, I heard that, I, I saw on the announcements that some of the youth are going to a Braves game. Before I was ever sent out to go on like a, a long time away from my parents, my parents would always say this to me. They would say, remember who you belong to. Did anyone's parents ever say that to them? They would, they, before they would send me out to camp or send me to go into public or over to a friend's house, they'd say, Mac, remember who you belong to. And I, I, I think they were saying, don't go out there and forget what it means to be a McKinley. Don't go out there and forget all the things I've taught you and act like a hoodlum and be a crazy person. Remember what we've taught you. Remember who you are. And so this is, this is in many ways, what Paul's doing. He's saying, remember who you belong to. He's saying, be filled and then walk in a manner worthy of the Lord. Remember that you belong to Christ. And so we are to remember who we belong to and to walk in a manner worthy of Christ Jesus. So would you say that your life looks like it belongs to Jesus? Are you walking in the same way Jesus walked? When you read the Gospels, do you think that, man, that, that, that shows my life, that describes my life. You can see echoes of that in my life. We, we're, we're shooting for that. So let's, let's examine our lives today and look for that. Is, is that the way that we look? Look with me in, in Colossians 1, 10 through 12 now. So that you will walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, to please him in all respects, bearing fruit in every good work, increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all power according to his glorious might, for the attaining of all steadfastness and patience, joyously giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. So if you're taking notes, Paul just listed off four things that describe a walk that's worthy of the Lord. And so we're going to look at these four things. The first thing is it's a, it's a walk that bears fruit. You can see that in verse 10, that we would bear fruit in every good work. And if you've been hanging around the church for a while, you may have heard us reference bear fruit, show fruit. By your fruit, we will know you. The Bible uses that as an image a lot of times. It uses that as an analogy for how we are to live. Uh, a fruit tree bears fruit. You know, apple trees bear apples. Orange trees bears orange. 
oranges. Christians are to give off a certain lifestyle. We're supposed to live in a certain way. And it's described in Psalm 1. One, it says, Blessed is the man which yields its fruit in season, and its leaf does not wither. And in whatever he does, he prospers. There's this idea of a man, the man of God, he just naturally bears fruit. The woman of God bears fruit. Jeremiah 17 gives us a warning. Thus says the Lord, Cursed is the man who trusts in mankind and makes flesh his strength, and whose heart turns away from the Lord. For he will be like a bush in the desert, and will not see when prosperity comes, and will live in stony wastes in the wilderness, a land of salt without inhabitant. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, and whose trust is the Lord. For he will be like a tree planted by the water, that extends its roots by a stream, and will not fear when the heat comes, but its leaves will be green, and it will not be anxious in the year of drought, nor cease to yield fruit. So there's this image that we're to bear fruit. What does that fruit look like? Well, I bet some of you guys have memorized it. Uh, In Galatians 5, the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, self-control. There's a, there's a song that goes along with that, too. Um, but I, I, I won't sing it for you. I'll leave that to Jody. Um, we're, to, we're to bear that kind of fruit. That's what we're to look like. So, does your life, do you think that your life bears that kind of fruit? If someone here doesn't believe in Jesus this morning, maybe you you came here for the first time, or you're just not really sure about the the church thing, I want to ask you, do you like the sound of that fruit? Does, do you like the sound of having love, joy, peace, patience, kindness be a part of your life? If so, that is the, that is what we get from Christ in connection to him. He's that He is that stream that the tree is planted beside. And if we're connected to that stream, then we'll bear fruit. So I ask you, unbeliever, would you like this fruit? You only only need to believe in Jesus. And you can have connection to this life, this this life-giving stream that is Jesus Christ. And I want to ask you, those that that are believers, what does your life show? What's the produce of your life? What, what are the fruit that you bear? We, we want to examine that together. So, if you are missing any of those fruit, if you're saying, man, I'm a believer, but patience is just not my strong suit, <laughs> or man, I'm a believer, but when it's, when it's winter and it's, it's dreary outside, I, I struggle with joy, or if you're missing one of these fruits, are you praying for it? Paul's praying that we would be filled, that we would be able to walk worthy. And so we want to pray for this fruit. It comes from the Lord. And that's a, that's a wonderful piece to us because it means that we don't have to muster up patience. We don't have to grit our teeth and produce joy. It's something that we get from the Lord. So, Let's look together at the next, tra- uh, next trait. So one, they bear fruit, and two, 
They're increasing in the knowledge of God. Increasing in the knowledge of God. We grow in knowledge of the Lord as we walk in Him. And this isn't something that, like, you learn and then you, for, and then you forget. This isn't something you learn and then you move past. Paul says in, in verses 1-6 that they have already understood the grace of God in truth. So the people that Paul's writing to, they already know the gospel. They've already believed. But Paul is praying that they would continue to grow. We're always growing and learning. And if we're not, we could be moving backwards. So I have to ask, are you, do you feel like you know God more today than you did a year ago? Do you feel like you know more about his word? Do you feel like his promises are more precious to you than ever before? If not, let us seek the Lord in prayer. Let us look, because that's, the, that's what we get from the Lord. We, we pray to him and we learn more about him as we study his word, as we seek him in prayer. So I I hope, my prayer for you guys, and I hope that your prayer is, is that at the end of your days, you will greet God as an old friend that you have learned a little bit about every year, every day, that you've continually grown in the knowledge of God. And so that when you come to the end of your days and you, and you meet God face to face, you know him. He's an old friend. He's who you've been relying on for years. That's my prayer, and I hope that's your prayer too. So, if we're be-filled to walk worthy, this walk looks like four different things. One, we're going to bear fruit. Two, we're going to increase in the knowledge of God. And then three, this one makes me excited. So, forgive me if I get a little excited in the microphone. So, looking at verse 11. Strengthened with all power according to his glorious might. For the attaining of all steadfastness and patience. Paul right here is reminding us that what God requires, he provides. What God requires, he provides. If you feel heavy laden, brother or sister, if you feel like you can't follow the Lord faithfully right now, we have nowhere else to look but to look to him because he provides what he requires. That is my hope as, I, as we go out, that we are leaving friends and family and loved ones and the things that we find comfortable, but he provides what he requires. And so if you, if you feel heavy laden this morning, I just want you to have that encouragement and to know that you can look to the Father, that he provides for us. He provides for us. So, what does that providing look like? It produces something. It produces steadfastness and patience. And that's, uh, that's talked about. We just referenced that verse a few, a few minutes ago. That's where Jeremiah wrote, and, and will not fear when the heat comes. We don't have to fear when the heat comes upon us. But it, it, its leaves will be green, and it will not be anxious in the year of drought nor cease to yield fruit. We don't have to fear hard times because God is our strength, because God is our power. You can look at this, uh, this verse where it says in verse 11, strengthened with all power. You could kind of paraphrase this and say, strengthened by God 
with the greatest power imaginable. Strengthened by God with the greatest power imaginable. It's the, it's the God that spoke the world into existence is strengthening us. And if that doesn't give you cold chills this morning, you didn't have enough coffee. He's strengthening us. He is our power. And so we look to him. We look to him. So God gives us all power that is, that is required. Ephesians 1, 18 through 20 is something you might want to write down and look back at later because it, it's, it's a really uh, wonderful prayer that Paul prays to the Ephesian church. He says this, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened so that you will know what is the hope of his calling. Hope, hope of his calling. What are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints? And what is the surpassing greatness of his power to those who believe? These are in accordance with the working of his strength, which he brought about in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places. God raised Jesus Christ from the dead. And he is the power that lives inside of us. We believe in Christ. We join with Christ in, in believing and in faith. That's why we, we quote that Apostles' Creed. Because we believe in him. And that's, our, that's the power. That's how we have connection to him. God raised Christ from the dead, and that is our hope. This is why Paul prays, because he needs this filling. And I hope, I hope that's what leads you to pray. Everything, even our own fruit, is accomplished by the Father, fueled by prayer. John Piper writes, he writes something like this, a pastor or a Christian who feels competent in himself to produce eternal fruit knows neither God nor himself. A pastor who does not know the rhythm of desperation and deliverance must have his sights only on what man can achieve. Does your life look like it's a pattern of desperation and deliverance? Do you think, man, Lord, you're calling me to something that I don't know how I'm going to be able to do this. So I've got to get on my knees and I've got to pray. And I need you to deliver me. Like you're just desperate on your needs in prayer. And then the next day you're looking and you're like, praise the Lord, he delivered me. You know, does your, does your life look like that? Are we desperate in prayer? Are we absolutely joyful when he delivers? And so that's, that's the model that we're looking at, that we pray, that we seek the Lord. And then the last trait. So we're, we're looking at four traits of our walk. Bear fruit, increase in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all power, and then giving thanks. Giving thanks. Grace leads us to gratitude. If we've received much, if we've been forgiven of many sins, I don't know if you guys have ever been forgiven of many sins. I know I've been forgiven of many sins. It leads us to gratitude. If we've received much, we've been provided daily bread, it leads us to gratitude. The power that God gives us leads us to gratitude. And so that's the, that's the fourth uh, characteristic of a walk. That thanksgiving is just what naturally comes out of us. It's all throughout the book of Colossians, and I'd encourage you to read uh, Colossians sometime later this week, because Paul just keeps talking through these things, and it's absolutely beautiful the way he describes Christ and the thanksgiving that comes from it.
So gr- thanksgiving is, a, is just a trait of Christians. So we've looked at what it looks like to be filled, to walk worthy of the Lord. And so now this last part of Paul's uh, prayer, writing to the Colossians, we're going to look at how Christ, he is the answer to Paul's prayer. It's very simple. We need the Father. We need God for everything in life and godliness. So we look to him. And who's the answer? Jesus Christ. He's the answer for us every day. So look with me in in, uh, verses 13 and 14. For he rescued us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved Son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Paul says that what God did for us, it's like that. It's like what he did for the Israelites. And that's what he did for us in Christ. And we were held in bondage, in slavery to sin. We were in handcuffs, in a locker, at the bottom of a, of a well of sin. You know, we were enslaved to our sin. And Christ came for us, lived the life we couldn't live, died the death that we deserve to die, that I deserve to die. And he was buried and he rose again. And because of that, because Christ paid it all, we can be free. We can be free. And so that's the second picture. If you look in uh, verse 14, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. That word redeemed, it, it, it has the image of a, of a Greek slave. So it points you to uh, this picture. We were like a Greek slave. We were held in bondage to sin. But then we were released from our, our handcuffs, from our bonds. But we weren't just released from our sin. He didn't just say, you're good to go with your sin. He had, God adopted us as sons. That's why we call him father. He adopted us as sons. But we weren't just adopted as sons. We were made rich in Christ. That's what Paul's talking about in verse 13, where it says we, were, we, have, uh, we had the kingdom of his beloved son. We were made rich in Christ. That's the plunder. But not only were we made rich in Christ, but we were baptized and sharing in, in Christ's death and burial and resurrection. But but we're not just led by a cloud by day. We have the living God living inside of us. We don't need manna in a desert to come to us because he is himself our daily bread. We don't need to go to Moses or to someone else for water because he is in us a fountain of living water that wells up in us. We don't need an earthly kingdom because we know God is coming back and we have a heavenly kingdom with him. This is the great salvation that we have, brothers and sisters. This is the great salvation that, is, that can be yours if you've never believed in Christ. This is the hope that we have. We have so great a salvation. We have been rescued from the kingdom of darkness, transferred into the kingdom of his beloved son, and redeemed of our sins. Such a great salvation leads us to prayer. It leads us to prayer. God, fill us so that we can walk worthy of you. 
And I pray that that's your prayer. And I want to pray that prayer over Cedar Street and for us today. So if you would join me in prayer, I, I want to pray Paul's prayer for us. Um, so join me in prayer. Heavenly Father, we ask that we would be filled with the knowledge of your will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding so that we may walk in a manner worthy of the Lord to please you in all respects, to bear fruit in every good work and increase in the knowledge of you. Strengthen with all power according to your glorious might for the attaining of all steadfastness and patience, joyously giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to share in the inheritance of the saints of light. Father, we pray that this would be what we receive today. Father, I pray that we would look to you, that we would uh, expect great things from you and come to you with great things in prayer. Father, I pray for Cedar Street Baptist Church. I pray that you would bless them. I pray that you would bless Bo and Ashley. I pray that you would make their, uh, make their God you. I pray that in them, you would be shown as a light to all the world. I pray that they would see, that the, the lost would see your good works in them. Father, we pray that we would uh, love you more, live for you more, and follow you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.